0: and Kate Holiday coming to you through either iTunes or on shortwave radio with uh, WRMI out of Miami, Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Weekly Lab at gmail.com is how to get a hold of us and we welcome uh, topic suggestions for future shows and reception reports and we can send the uh, QSL card out for those tuning in over shortwave radio.
1: Yeah, we just sent two out the other day.
0: Right. One to uh, Oklahoma and uh, one to New York. Oh, sweet. Yeah. before that it was parts of Canada and uh, whatnot. So uh, exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the lab, we dig in and dissect to a very wide variety of topics. You just never know what you're going to get. However, we have come up with um, kind of a solid plan, more so of a solid topic that's going to take us multiple weeks to to get through. Yeah. If we ever get through it. If ever. Yeah. And uh, just the quick name of it is the most extreme. Mm-hmm. And that means exactly what it sounds like. Just different extremes here and there, mostly there, but some of them here. Yeah. All I'll around the there. world. Mm-hmm. Multiple topics. So, like, last week you talked about the uh, different animals Extreme animals.
1: Yeah, we did. Most extreme predators. Predators, that's what it was. Yeah, we talked about the shrew, which I think was, like, the most um, interesting part. Um, I got a lot of messages on Facebook about it, Mm -hmm. um, and people were like, I had no idea that that small little animal was capable of doing that much damage.
0: Well, I had never really heard of a shrew until you brought it up. Yeah. I I knew they existed, but I didn't know nothing about them. No.
1: So. I mean, same. I I knew that they existed, but I did not know. I figured they were like any other like mouse or something. They just ate insects and like... Yeah, they just kind of hang out, kept to themselves. Things. Yeah. But no. the
0: fact that they're so violent... Yeah. And they like torture other animals.
1: For like 15 days straight. If you have no idea what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, go back and listen to the last episode yeah, where... part Cam one. ...talks about the shrew and how this little mole-looking thing has like venom and it's mm-hmm. saliva and it can kill everything and paralyze it and blah much. blah blah x y and c it's hardcore
1: most extreme if you will <laughs> it's
0: the most extreme mm-hmm. um so today shifting gears away from predators we're going to talk about different places around the world mm-hmm. extreme locations yeah um, dangerous locations right so kind of
1: keeping on the same extreme theme it's not going to be an
0: animal that kills you it's going to be the area the locale right but for, there ex- may have animals there.
1: Right. I was going to say, except for one location we're going to talk about.
0: You it never does, know. doesn't involve animals. You never so. know. So, yeah. yeah. The most extreme uh, most extreme points around the earth. I mean, you've traveled. You're a traveling person.
1: I like to travel, yes.
0: Um, internationally, mm-hmm. you've, you've traveled outside. You've been to different parts of Asia. Um, what else am I missing? Where else have you been?
1: Uh, really, as far as me, that is... I mean, I've traveled to, like, Guam and... Yeah, across the um, Pacific, right? Yeah.
0: So you stopped in at different... Uh, Hawaii, Guam, you said that. Mm-hmm. You Puerto went down Rico. Into, you know.
1: I went to uh, Singapore, Thailand, Malaysia, Brunei, Indonesia. Wow. Um, some other little pit stops along the way and sailed by many others. So, like, the Philippines and all that kind of stuff, so...
0: Did you come across anything extreme?
1: Um, I mean, we were put in extreme situations Ooh. Um, where, you know, we had to be a little cautious going through international waters and things like that, just where the U.S. isn't necessarily welcome well, with the we friendliest of arms. Um, but I would say personally, my most extreme uh, situation that I was directly involved in was in charge of steering the boat that I was on. Mm. Um, me alone taking direction from, you know, the people higher up than me. Uh, we had to go through a graveyard of
0: ships. Oh, that sounds extreme pulling, right there.
1: Yeah, pulling into Thailand. It was like six hours straight, and I was yeah. changing course like every five minutes or so mm-hmm. to avoid sunken ships. And we had um, a local, they call them pilots, yep. we brought a pilot on board, and they were giving me directions like every five minutes changing course because we were about to like smoke some ship that had sunk. For whatever reason, they just take old ships out there and just destroy them so they sink so it was like a ship graveyard
0: you guys decided to enter through that area
1: it was whatever reason we had to go through there to pull into the port we were pulling into to thailand and
0: you know what it sounds extreme let's just I leave was it at that sweating my butt off because i, cause I was were. so
1: nervous wearing wool pants did not help yeah the humidity over there did not help so i would say it was most extreme most extreme yeah
0: i don't think we can say it like that because they oh. we're ripping off the animal oh, okay so yeah, yeah we, we have to yeah, we're not ripping we'll off animal plants. We'll just cut that part out. We're going to, you know, we're still doing extreme stuff. Right. Yeah, it's a little... It's but
1: we're not associated with animal plants. I wish I was. Yeah,
0: she likes animals. But I'm not. Yeah. Um. So anyway, moving forward, mm-hmm. what do you have on your, on your most extreme today for places around the world? Well... Any place you've been to, let me ask you that.
1: Oh, man. Are
0: there any on your list of places that you've been to?
1: Um places that i have been made the list but it wasn't in this category so we're talking dangerous places yeah like most extreme environments or like harshest conditions to live in and things like that yeah um places i have been um well i've been to like death valley in california and that made the the list as far as like hottest place um so mojave desert death valley um, in California. It's a dry heat. It is a dry heat.
0: So it's not a big deal. But it's a hot heat. That's what everybody says.
1: I mean, it definitely feels better than the heat we've been dealing with on the East Coast, like feeling like you're in a like, hot, moist shower, breathing yeah. in the humidity. A
0: dry shower, I guess, would be weird.
1: It would be. But, I mean, I feel like a dry heat so much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, but I have been there.
0: Check. So, I mean, that is and one that, place. That may be on a list in the future. Yeah. Mojave Desert. Yeah. That just sounds that that just sounds extreme.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I I haven't really gone to many extreme locations. What about you?
0: Ah. Uh, same as you. Some of the places in other categories that I'm sure we'll right. get to. Yeah. Um but today's list, no, I have not been to uh I have not been to anything on my list. I just have a couple that I'm going to talk about. Okay. So, and, uh, and that's the
1: reason we're alive to tell these these things to you guys yeah, as the exactly. audience because we have not been to these
0: places and if we had our time would have had to have been limited very limited extremely gl- extreme limitation because
1: we're not I feel like a lot of these places you have to be like born and raised there to be like adapted to it well, you know what I mean you know let's get into let's, it let's let's do it all right so tell me it.
0: tell me what you got
1: um, so do we want to start off strong? Yeah, start off strong. Why not? All or right.
0: you want to build up to the strongest. Let's build up to the strongest, Ooh. actually, now that I say that. Oh, but I'm so excited. Okay. All
1: right. All right you go first. You go first. Okay.
0: I'm going to go first. Um, so, oh, I'm so nervous. Ah, uh, just chill out. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of the Trinity Test Site?
1: Trinity Test Site?
0: Yeah. No. It's a location out in the New Mexico desert. Kay. Where they tested the first atomic bomb in oh, 1945 geez. before we went and dropped it on Japan.
1: No. Never heard of it.
0: Well, it it exists. Okay. It's there. So that was back in 1945. Mm-hmm. Checking. Checking. Checkin'. They, they detonated their um, their atomic bomb to see if it would work. Okay. And today, you can visit the place.
1: Okay. However, I feel like I don't want to, though.
0: radiation levels are still 10 times greater than... Than the uh nat the natural background radiation around like the rest of the area.
1: So I'm assuming if you go there, they have to like monitor you very closely, and you can only go for a short amount of time.
0: Yeah, you have a one hour visit inside the uh, fenced area.
1: But why would you want to do that?
0: History, man, I'd love to go see that.
1: That how many X-rays and MRIs is that like getting? Is what uh, I want to know. It actually
0: breaks it down. Okay. Um, I should have I should have written that down.
1: Because you know what I mean? Like, people are always worried about, like, how much exposure they have. And, like, uh, we have an x-ray machine at work. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, when it does or you're getting x-rays anywhere, uh, the x-ray techs wear dosimeters. Just like they did for places like that and Chernobyl and things. Um, to measure their exposure when they're doing the actual imaging. Not getting the images themselves. So, it makes you wonder, like, how much you're exposed for an hour I mean, granted, it's not on the level of places like Chernobyl, but that's still you're voluntarily putting yourself at risk to go uh, see a piece of history.
0: Yeah, so you're kind of stealing my thunder. Um oh. 22, uh, something, whatever the category is, mm-hmm. however they, whatever it is, right? It's rims or rims or whatever. So it says that you get about 900 for a chest X ex- or a. Uh, a mouth x-ray of your when you go to the dentist yeah it's about 900 okay and if you go spend an hour inside that area you get about a million
1: holy cow
0: so um yeah that's it's, like it's you a just little elevated
1: a little bit that's like you just sitting in the like
0: but it says that it's completely safe Okay. For small amounts, of t- for a small amount of time,
1: completely safe, but they really regulate it where you have to go in for an hour and then like get out. Well, and... they regulate
0: it at the dentist too. Like they don't just sit there and. Cha-ching, 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 well, you know, because they all... you know, But
1: they're getting it for a reason. They want to check your chicklets. All
0: right. Then okay. Don't so you're go, saying don't go visit the New Mexico desert. Is all I can say.
1: I mean, I mean, I'll do it if you want to do it. No, I don't. You just said you did.
0: I changed my mind now. <laughs> I'd rather go to the dentist and just get an extra. Cause, a,
1: a million of them, yeah. essentially. That's insane, though, that that place. It's weird how things like that exist, and then it continues to affect people and last that long in places where um, it continues to affect the surrounding areas. Like Things soak into the soils and whatever's going on, and it continues to be reproduced through nature, in a sense. Like It just captures it years later.
0: Yeah, so it's just the material is still there emitting radiation.
1: Right, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, it just never goes away.
0: Yeah, it takes thousands of years.
1: Mm. Yeah. Do people live near that place? I guess so. Yeah, I mean, just, like, it's outside p- the it's radius. It's perfectly
0: safe. You would rather go there than go to the dentist. I mean,
1: I mean, a lot of people probably would because yeah. people don't like the dentist. Including, should, including me. Um, Yeah, and that's local to us. In the U.S., you could easily go there. I'm sure a lot of people do. Um all right, one of the places that I had was somewhere in Australia, somewhere that I've always wanted to visit. Mhm. Um it's in the Australian outback and it is a place that um is called Alice Springs and it basically has such a huge temperature difference throughout the day that you could be freezing in the morning so this is celsius because that's what they go off of
0: oh you didn't convert it
1: no you if you want to do the conversion while we're talking about it but basically it goes from negative 10 degrees celsius all the way up to 50 degrees celsius in the same day within like
0: negative 10 to 50 yeah so you're going from uh wow that's, that's that's a lot so you're going from 14 degrees to 122 degrees In one day. In one day. Yeah. You've always wanted to visit here. Yeah. Why do you... Why uh, Why this one place?
1: I mean, I I don't...
0: Just because you want to experience the temperature changes?
1: No, I mean, I don't necessarily want to go to this place. Alice Springs Chicken's really good, though. If you've ever eaten Alice Springs Chicken from Outback Steakhouse, it's really good. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) But, I mean, thinking about living in a place like that, that's what I'm saying. If you're born and raised somewhere like that, you have to be equipped... And used to it, right?
0: Well, that's why the chicken tastes the way it does. You can taste the fear because it's wondering, is it going to freeze in the morning?
1: Or is it going to burn up in the afternoon?
0: So, I mean, you can taste that.
1: Who knows? I mean... Today would be a prime example, like if we lived in Alice Springs, because I put pants on and Ryan made fun of me this morning. He's like, You're wearing pants? And I said, It's 68 degrees outside.
0: 68, and you're wearing jeans.
1: You said, It's going to be 78 later and sunny. And I said, Okay, I'll just change.
0: That's an extreme temperature swing. So we have that right here in the U.S. Pretty much. You could save thousands of dollars by not going to Australia.
1: But it's like if you lived there, you would have to change your outfit multiple times because being 14 degrees in the morning, you would be. Oh, negative fourteen. You'd be extremely bundled up, and then by the end of the day, you'd want to be practically naked.
0: What if you just go off of the Celsius then?
1: I mean, it still sounds bad. Negative ten to fifty. Not a like, not as extreme. Yeah,
0: not as extreme though. But you're only I mean, swinging it by like sixty something. Yeah. Huh. Interesting.
1: But I I I have no idea. That I just can't imagine my skin. I know it sounds so like. Is
0: it like that every day though, or is that just like? Once in a blue moon, or is that like a one-time record, or is it like literally every morning it's mm. going to be below zero, and then when uh, the sun's at its highest, you're in triple digits?
1: That's a good question. I I
0: don't mean, know. I'm sure it does swing, but does it swing that much?
1: I would say it's seasonal, but I don't know. It didn't go into that much detail from what I found. I'm sure you could look it up, but it didn't say if it was like year-round or not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, if it's negative 14... I can't imagine just thinking
0: of 10 Celsius. Yeah. 14. You got to think, that would ruin Christmas. Like, you wake up Christmas morning, and it's like 20 degrees out, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. And then, by the time, you know, 2 o'clock, when it's time to eat on a holiday. You
1: would absolutely never have a white Christmas. It's like
0: 100 and something degrees outside.
1: It'd be extremely misleading.
0: It's extreme.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. That's why. Mm Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's, I can't even imagine living in a place like that. What I'm saying is my skin, like, would not, like, be able to adapt to that because it would be so cold and dry and then it would be so hot. Like, my skin would just be freaking out. But I'm not made to deal with that because I'm not born and raised there. So, you know what I mean?
0: I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're born there, your body's never experienced it before.
1: No, but you learn to adapt, like, at a very young age, I would assume, if that's where you're born and raised. Like... Me going over there as an adult nowadays, I would just be miserable, I feel like, if I tried to live there. I
0: feel like kids would be miserable too though.
1: Kids are always miserable.
0: Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I feel like everybody's miserable.
1: Uh, I'm miserable right now. B- bottom line, <laughs> don't don't go <laughs> to Australia. Yeah. Um Alright. I gotta talk about this one next because this one really intrigued me. Have you ever heard of the Everlasting Storm in South America?
0: Uh yes. You have? I have. I have not. It is um uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's on the West coast of South, uh, the continent of South America. Mm -hmm. It's either Peru or Argentina, Chile, one of those countries. Venezuela. No. Yeah. Actually, now that you say that, it's a lightning storm, right? And that place is the one that gets the most lightning strikes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. West side. I was correct.
1: Right. So, um, it's basically Venezuela. It basically follows the Catatumbo River that runs through Venezuela. Um, but it's actually the point where the river enters Lake Marasaibo. Oh, yep. I could be totally butchering that. Um, but at that exact point where it enters that lake, um, it's known as the Everlasting Storm. Yeah, so, so it's
0: not on the west side of South America. I'm thinking of something completely different.
1: You're being crazy. Um, but it has an average of 260 days out of a year with stormy weather. Um, And uh, it says, thousands of lightning bolts strike the waters in an hour with up to 28 flashes occurring every minute.
0: Dang. For
1: like 260 days a year. So you only get 105 days without this extreme amount of lightning and storms.
0: What do they do about it?
1: I mean... I don't think anybody lives probably right there at that exact spot on the river. I certainly would not. And if I did, I'd probably live in like a mud hole or something with like no antennas or like anything that would attract any of that. It says several settlements sit on the waters, meaning that it could have uh, learned to live safely as far as, like, adapting to how they live. Like, like I was saying, like, don't put antennas up and things like that. They live, like, a very...
0: Do you think their bodies eventually, like, become used to the lightning strikes, though? I mean... If you're born and raised there, you they, probably get adapted. hit multiple times and it wouldn't hurt you. Maybe. Something I to think don't know.
1: About. But that's crazy. I, like, I enjoy watching thunder and lightning storms. I just think they're intriguing. And uh, we just had a pretty good one the other day where I literally was sitting on the couch and it was the middle of the day and lightning hit and it was so f- bright that it woke up the dogs because they were both sleeping on the couch you were at work oh yeah but they both woke up with their eyes completely closed because it was so bright and then the thunder was right over the house and it shook the house like i thought stuff was going to fall off the walls
0: see venezuela ain't got nothing on you
1: oh well, i'm just saying like 260 days out of the year with that like that would be a little extreme for It'd me drive you nuts uh, yeah i'd be like all right i'm over it like do you think they lose power because i feel like we lose power do all they the time have power i don't know Probably not. Interesting. But I mean, that's an extreme situation. I don't know if I'd want to live there. And I wonder. Deal with
0: that. We should look up the opposite, the like, the extreme boring weather, like the most. Like Where it's just like happens. nothing.
1: It's like very mild temperatures and like no rain. Florida. No heat.
0: Well, now they get those hurricanes. Yeah. I'm just, ain't that why uh, retired people go to Florida? It's because it's nice and seventy degrees all year or something. Yeah. You could probably find something. Probably out like out in Nevada.
1: I guess. Probably. I would, because it's dry heat. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. more of a dry heat person. What sure. else you got over there?
0: Um, well, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. Um, that Briefly. That being uh, probably the most extreme place on Earth. I would say so. And for those who uh, are not familiar, back in 86, a uh, nuclear accident happened. And, uh, well, long story short, <laughs> uh, the uranium fuel rods and the graphite that was around it kind of melted together and formed like a hot lava mm-hmm. and it's called the elephant's foot mm-hmm. which i didn't
1: know until you told me that when we watched the show right. like the mini series yep
0: so you can go online look up elephant's foot and you can see what it looks like um at one point it was Close to 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's how hot this thing was. That's insane. And it is putting off so much radiation today. This was in 1986, so you got to think that's over 30 years ago. And even today, mm-hmm. the radiation coming off of it uh, will kill a human in less than five minutes if you're three feet away from it. That's So ridiculous. all you have to do is stand three feet from it for five minutes. You're dead.
1: Yeah, but... Like, you got to think about what happens in that five minutes, too. Like, you don't just die instantly. I'm sure, like, their skin's, like, falling off and it's burning and all that kind of stuff. Like, the the five minutes that you're standing within three feet of it have to be sheer torture.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it's not um, just... there's an actual... If you look at the, the photo of the elephant's foot, you'll see that the film was affected by the radiation from where the photographer is because, like, the... The person that's in the picture, like, his body looks distorted. There's just, like, blemishes on the picture itself, Mm -hmm. and that's from all the radiation um, coming off of it. So the Trinity test site is still 100 times stronger than, you know, what the background radiation of Earth is. Right. However, um, this place here, yeah, it'll give you a lethal dose of radiation in about, uh, it says, 300 seconds. Jeez. And they, uh,
1: they predict that... No one can move into that area for, like, years and years yeah. and years and years and years. Yeah, at least
0: another 100 years. Yeah, at which is
1: ridiculous. And that's what I was saying. That they're
0: saying, like, closer to, like, probably, like, a 1,000 years before that thing will, that area will be back to normal. Because the the new uh, containment, the cofferdam, or whatever you want to call it, the whole sarcophagus that goes around it, not the cofferdam, um, that thing is supposed to last, like, hundreds of years just to contain what's inside. Yeah. So that shows you how long that... Uh, Mm, you hate to see it.
1: Yeah, and even then, if I lived over there, I would not want to go back. Really? If, if, the, if the, like, government or whoever's over there controlling the situation was like, yeah, it's safe, you can go back, I'd be like, nah. There's still
0: people that live around there. Oh,
1: yeah, I know yeah. there's still, like, a hundred-something people that live in Chernobyl itself. That's ridiculous. It's,
0: it's, uh, well, Chernobyl is the power plant. Right. Right, you're right. thinking of the nearby town. Yeah, I forget what it's called. Yeah, Pripyat.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's extreme. That is absolutely extreme. You wouldn't... Catch me over there.
0: I don't think you can top that. I think I have won the extreme, uh, well, the extreme challenge for today.
1: Um, let's let's just go with our last one. All right, here we're we gonna go. we're gonna end on a high note, and I might outdo you.
0: Uh, I doubt it.
1: So I'm gonna go over probably the most extreme, most dangerous place you could ever go. Chernobyl. Negative. What is it? Because this place. Like Chernobyl, I know is highly regulated, and you gotta like go in with dosimeters, and they monitor you. You have to have special clearances and stuff. But this place only lets selected scientists and like repair people go every couple of years. The moon. And, no, oh. and they have to be hand selected. Yeah. And this place is called Snake Island.
0: Snake Island is yes. that the uh, is that one of the resorts inside Walt Disney? I don't think so. No?
1: If it is, this one is totally different. I forget the technical name of it. But it's 33 kilometers, if you will, offshore of Brazil.
0: How many miles is that?
1: Um, enough to the point where they say swimming, if you get stranded there, is probably not an option to Brazil. So if you're trying to get off the island, they're like most likely you would not live if you tried to swim to the mainland. It actually used to be part of Brazil. Um. Years and years and years ago. Mm. And then the land receded and left this place naturally. The land receded? An island. Yeah. So it got eroded away, basically. Hmm. Wow. Um, And it left it naturally inhabited by thousands and thousands of pit
0: vipers. Yeah.
1: Which are like the only animal on the island, essentially. Hmm. Um, there are, are there are no mammals left, like no rodents or anything for them to eat. So their only source of food is either humans... That wash up there.
0: Wash up there. Or...
1: Because people have been known to get stranded there. Apparently. Like, wash up on shore. um, Or birds. So, when birds land on trees, the ground, anything there, um, the vipers have actually adapted to that and have become extremely aggressive and from the scientists that have been allowed to go there and gather like, venom and samples from the snakes that are there, their venom has been found to be five times stronger than the actual same type of viper that's found on mainland Brazil mm-hmm. because they've adapted because they have to be so aggressive and so fast because the birds only land for a split second and that's their only food source that they have to be able to kill them much faster. Wow. So they're extremely aggressive And they're way more venomous than regular pit vipers. And the fact that scientists are only allowed to go there like every couple of years to study things, they don't even know how many inhabited the island. So they said there's upwards of 400,000. And then some scientists are like, no, there's probably only like 4,000. So they were saying if... Wow, that's quite an extreme. Right, because they have no idea. And the only man-made structure, if you were to get stranded there, is a lighthouse. And it's probably locked, so you can't even get in. And there's maintenance people that go out and, like, service the lighthouse so the boats don't hit the island and stuff. Like, every ten years or something, or if the light bulb blows out or something. Those are the only people that are allowed to go on that island. Why legally. would they have
0: to lock a lighthouse on an island if there anybody there?
1: Uh, snakes might get in. I don't know. I have no pick idea. I have no idea.
0: Pick and lock vipers, you mm-hmm. know?
1: Yeah, No clue. But they were saying if there's upwards of 400,000 snakes on the island, there's one every three feet. Dang. So where are you going to go? Like, if you get strained to there. And they said that the island doesn't have any natural beaches. It's all, like, rocky shores. Okay. So there's, like, no safe place to be, like, to hide from them at all. There's no there's no spot to go. And if there's, like, let's say there's only 4,000, there's one every, like, 12 feet. Something like that.
0: Even then, like, you're, you're, you're done? You're
1: screwed? Yeah. So, not only is it, like, it could be like a python or something like that that's not poisonous or venomous, whatever, and you might be able to get away from them to some extent, but the fact that they're not only venomous snakes, but they've adapted and overcome the situation and they're more aggressive and five times more venomous than they would be if they're on mainland Brazil, you're pretty much screwed. Huh. So, don't ever get stranded there.
0: Well, I'm trying to think here.
1: Is basically what Does I'm saying. Does any other
0: snake exist there or is it just them?
1: They said they don't know 100% because the scientists haven't had time to go explore because when they, they are allowed to go there, they don't have like two weeks to go explore. They get like a couple days. So they literally take How the do samples. they keep safe? They have like bite suits and stuff and they literally just get what they need and leave.
0: Sleep on that uh, lighthouse tower, huh?
1: Yeah, I, I have no idea what sleep. they do. I wouldn't
0: sleep there. But, S- like,
1: in the video that I watched about it, um, even the, they showed a really quick clip of somebody servicing the lighthouse and there were snakes, like, in the lighthouse. Ah. They were like, oh, there's a snake right there. And it was just, like, two men, like, not in suits or anything. Like, two, um, like, maintenance workers. Well,
0: that lock didn't do him no good.
1: Yeah. yeah. I Yeah, I have no idea. But they only go there to service that and then to do scientific research on the island and they still don't know all the numbers. But, um, yeah, so it's called Isle de Quim- Quimida Grande, whatever that means. Also known as Snake Island. Hmm. I totally butchered that. but. Well,
0: you're not fluent in Spanish anymore. I am not. But that's probably Portuguese. Maybe. So you're telling me that you would rather be next to the elephant's foot than be on that island. Man. That's, you're I mean. you both, both, like, you're, you're done let's for. Let's put it
1: this way. Do you think you could last longer than five minutes on an island full of pit vipers? Yes. So you'd probably want to be on Snake Island then. Wow. I feel like I would have a better chance on Snake Island than being next to the elephant's foot. Because if you die within five minutes, like I said, your skin's probably Well, you don't die off. within
0: five minutes. It's It'll... It has it releases the energy to kill you in five minutes. So, like you said, you're probably going to suffer for quite a while.
1: Right. So, if you're in there for five minutes, you're going to be struggling the entire time. Like, in five minutes, I feel like I could run and, like, maybe protect myself and maybe do something. I feel like I'm a pretty strong swimmer, so I'd probably risk swimming to mainland Brazil or something. I looked something. it up. It's
0: 20 and a half miles.
1: Yeah, I'd probably risk it.
0: You'd float, wouldn't you? I would do something. Something.
1: I w- yeah, I would bail. I would grow claws and climb the side of that lighthouse. I have no idea. But I think I would have a better chance on Snake Island.
0: I wonder if you could go through and systematically kill all the snakes.
1: Now, if there's 400,000 of them, you'd never be able to sleep. Because there'd be nowhere safe to sleep.
0: Nowhere. If you showed up with a, a shotgun, I wonder if you could go through and remove some snakes.
1: I mean, you could if you did, like, buckshot and just, like, Yeah. Just took out a couple at a time. It's a lot of shells. You get a rake and just rake them into big piles and I mean, I have no idea. I don't want to find out, though. Woo. It's too extreme for me. Yeah, this this show is starting to scare me. Yeah, so. I d- I'm not a huge fan of snakes. I'm not terrified,
0: but... Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this topic. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, there you go. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> what would you rather? Would you rather be stuck inside a nuclear meltdown, or would you rather be on s- Snake, Snake Island? Snake Island. Snake Island, I think.
1: I think I would, too.
0: The only thing worse than that would be Spider Island, if Uh, that exists.
1: Yeah, absolutely not.
0: Anyway, uh, theweeklylab at gmail.com. Send us an email, tell us your thoughts on it, and we'll be back next week with some other type of extreme to keep you up at night.